Support for Under the Radar comes from Wellwithall. Wellwithall believes that self-care is community care. Premium products crafted for your daily wellness, from sleep support to heart health to your daily regimen. 20% of Wellwithall's profits are committed to leading the fight for health equity. They won't stop until it is truly Wellwithall. I'm Callie Crossley. This week on Under the Radar with Callie Crossley, we're celebrating St. Patrick's Day a little early before the big day on March 17th. Boston's connection to St. Patrick's Day is legendary. After all, the city is home to the world's oldest St. Patrick's Day celebration. The Irish have come to Boston since the 1700s, and today, more than 20% of Bostonians are of Irish descent with communities like South Boston and Charlestown continuing to be Irish strongholds in the city. So how are the Irish Americans keeping the traditions of the Emerald Isle alive? This hour, a look at two thrilling Irish sports played right here in Massachusetts, how a league of locals is passing on the national sports of Ireland to a new generation. Then a tasty conversation about the history and evolution of Irish cuisine. It's not just corned beef and cabbage anymore, or was it ever? And later, is a southern city known for its hospitality catching up to our local party's popularity? But first, joining me in the studio to talk about Irish sports, Ellen Joyce, chairperson of the Irish Sports Youth League of Boston. Welcome, Ellen. Thank you, Callie, for having us today. So glad to have you. And John Fitzgibbon, hurling an Irish football coach with the Irish Sports Youth League and an all-Ireland hurling champion. Hey, Kelly. Oh, I'm so glad to have you both. So first of all, when we talk about Irish national games, Gaelic, I guess that's the way to look at them, and we're talking about Irish football and hurling. So, Ellen, let's start off with you. When I think football, of course, the only reference I have really is American football. What's the difference with Irish football? It's a much faster-paced sport. Um, you can use your hands. We kind of compare it to volleyball, basketball, soccer. It's not rugby. A lot of people think it's rugby, but it's definitely not. What's great about the sport is that the kids, um, it's much more interactive. They can pass the balls with their hands. They can kick the ball. They can also score in the goal and over the bar, as they call it, um, like you would with a field goal or anything like that in American football. It's much more quicker paced. Soccer, you can only score probably one goal a game if you're lucky, and but kids here can score up to 20 points in a game. The scoring's done a little bit different, and they can go up and down the field in a much faster and interactive space. So those are the details of the difference between American football, as I would think about it, and Irish football. What makes Irish football Irish, though? What's that connection? that cultural connection? Well, it's been around for hundreds of years. You know, it started in Ireland, and it's something that our parents have brought over. My father brought it here with his generation and other generations before him, and it's something, a tradition that's passed on from family to family, but it doesn't necessarily have to be Irish. We've got kids that are just straight American that with no Irish background participating in our sports today because they take a look at it and they see it and they love how quick and fast-paced and interactive it is. But, you know, it's our heritage. It's what we um, grew up with. I was on the field as a kid with my father coaching his team. I didn't think I'd ever be a part of this with my children, but my sons have grown up from five years old playing this and now playing in adult leagues. So, you know, it's a wonderful thing to pass on. And one of the reasons that you have an Irish Youth Sports League is because the popularity is growing. 
for this game, right? Absolutely. Here. Absolutely. Uh -huh. We now, in the city of Boston, locally, we have three actually clubs. Our club is the longest club in the city. We've been around for over 15 years, based out in Canton at the Irish Cultural Center. And um, we have two other local clubs, one in Milton, one in Dorchester. And we also have some other clubs in the New England area, up in Maine, in Hartford, Connecticut, and also out in the western part, out by Springfield and Worcester, that are developing youth clubs as well in the region. So um, we're getting a little bit more spread out, which is really nice, because those areas also have a lot of Irish there as well, but um, non-Irish that are actually picking it up. That's my guest, Ellen Joyce, chairperson of the Irish Sports Youth League of Boston. And we're talking about the increasing popularity of Gaelic games, Irish sports. Uh, we were just talking about Irish football with Ellen, and now I'm going to move over to you, John Fitzgibbon, and talk about hurling, because you're a hurling champion. <laughs> Come on, don't be back modest. In the, back in the day, back in the day, yeah. <laughs> don't be modest. You got like three medals and all Ireland. Yeah, Come played, on, I'm yeah. bragging on you. He played at a decent level. <laughs> yes. But that's not what we're here to talk about today, right? <laughs> so. Well, tell me about hurling and, and its connection to Ireland and Irish sports. Well, brief history of hurling is that mm -hmm. the game is an ancient game. It goes way back to um, maybe 2,000 years, I think, are the first references to it in Irish culture. But it was really organised 130 years ago. And they did a sweet job. They organised clubs in, basically, in par it's a parish system, Ireland being a Catholic country. So there's clubs in every every village and in every town throughout the country. So I think Gaelic football, I think, is, is the most popular sport in the country. And hurling is the second most popular. Now, to describe the game, I guess it's a mix of lacrosse, I would say, yeah. some field hockey, but it's played at the pace of ice hockey. I hear it's the so fastest game on it's, grass. It's the fastest, yeah, they say it's the fastest game, yeah. And it is a very skillful game. So it takes a while to kind of get to master some of the skills of it. So it can be a little bit frustrating for a while, but if you stick with it, there's huge rewards. It is extremely skillful. And the skillful player is rewarded. The ball, which is about the size and weight of a baseball, can travel 100 yards. Let me just ask this question, because I read that you have to run, well, they say sprint, that's running to me, with the ball on the stick. Now, to me, that is just right away. I don't know how anybody does that. <laughs> Actually, that's one of the easier skills to Really? Easier look, skills no, to master, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can carry the ball four steps in your hand and then you've got to play it onto your stick okay. or hit it away down the field. But just go back to the structure of the game again. There's 15 players on the field. You have a goalkeeper, 14 players out, out the field. The field is uh, 160 yards long by uh, roughly 95 to 100 yards wide. But the ball can travel so quickly up and down the field. You kind of play in your position and win your area of the field. And that's your contribution to, the, to your team. There's, you can't really travel out of your position because the ball arrives back too fast, you're out of position and the thing goes kind of pear-shaped. So, um, yeah, it's a great sport and it's, it's a great deal for these kids to play both sports. Mm -hmm. It gives them a great connection to their families because as I was saying, I would say the kids from the Irish background have are multi have multi-generations. Uh, so they've seen it before? No, yeah. but I'm saying mm -hmm. their, their fathers, their grandfathers right. mm -hmm. have all played it. Mm -hmm. So it gives them a great connection to their families on the other side of the pond. For instance, these kids go home for a visit in the summer. All their cousins are playing. So it really ties them, it gives them a really great bond, for, even though they're here for, the, for their extended family. So why do you think it's becoming more popular here? Just interesting, we had already planned to have this discussion, you and I and, and Ellen, and there's Kevin Cullen in the Boston Globe writing a big piece about how hurling here has really gotten very, very popular. Why do you think that is? 
Well, at the kids' level, Ellen wouldn't say it, but an awful lot of it, a credit is due to Ellen. Our club is the oldest club, so they, Ellen's and a few friends of her got this thing off the ground. It's kind of just slowly but surely growing. It's getting more exposure, and it's the knock-on effect. The more exposure you get, the more people know about it. They tell people, and it goes. Uh, we had a big event here, was it a year and a half ago, in Fenway? Yep. Mm-hmm. What they did was they kind of re- reformatted the game to play it in a smaller field on turf in, in Fenway. And it was incredible. It was 30,000 people there. Yeah, they only expected about 10,000 to show up. And over 30,000 people were there to, you know, just showcase the sport. And it's supposed to be coming back again Um, this November. um, They're going to be showcasing it once again and bringing four teams this time. Wow. Um, They only brought two, thinking, oh, we'll see how it goes. And now they're bringing that. But getting back to what John said as well, it's now getting in colleges um, mm. as well, the hurling and the football. Our kids are supposed to be playing Sunday. We'll see how the weather goes. But Boston College is going to be mm. playing some of our 16s and 18s. So, again, wow. just to get the exposure out there. So some of our kids that are aged out are now starting going to colleges and approaching their friends or people from Ireland or whatever that now, you know, can we build a club now at a college and get additional games around our region or with other cities. New York has college teams, Philadelphia. They're doing tournaments now on that level as well. So it's getting out there, both the football and the hurling, across different regions and stuff, which is great. There's actually, I think, a national college championship now. Oh. The University of Montana won it for the last two years. Montana? <laughs> yeah, go figure, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, oh I think there's a few exactly. colleges in California, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, my God. If you're just tuning in, this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley, and here with me are Ellen Joyce and John Fitzgibbon of the Irish Sports Youth League of Boston. So talk to me about how proud the two of you must be about how these games continue to support and nurture an Irish culture in a fun way. You know, it's not reading about, uh, that's important too, reading about the history of Ireland, but sort of experiencing it, Ellen, in a, in a fun way. I get so much pride and joy out of it, as much as I have headaches with it as well, <laughs> from running the club and other entities. But to see my children, how my personal children and all the children through the youth league that who have succeeded by now playing on adult games within the Boston area. Some of them have traveled to Ireland. My oldest son traveled with his team back to Ireland um, years ago and got to play and have his grandparents watch him play when they didn't think American kids could play this sport on where their grandparents came from. They were impressed. Or now we have U14 teams traveling to Ireland in July for a FALA competition, which is a national competition that's held every year in Ireland. So to, you know, transport these American kids back and show them that we can play just as well as they do over there is is extremely proud. And as a parent, the joy of seeing your kid going out there, and it's not always about getting the medal, but going out and putting their heart and soul into it is the most important thing, making the friends that they have made across the country. We travel to what's called the CYC, or the Continental Youth Championship, every year. It's been 13 years now, and this year we're going to Buffalo. We get to travel to a different entity every year, and you go and represent your club, and you get to play in every age group. We do from U6 all the way up to U18s, girls, boys, and to come home either with a cup and sometimes the runner-up shield or whatever, Mm -hmm. but to go and travel and have that camaraderie and then talk to these kids on Facebook or Twitter that you met in San Francisco or Chicago and become friends when you run into them when you travel each year and you build that bond is um, tremendous. Boston's going to be very lucky. We're hosting the CYC championship in 2018. Over 2,000 kids are going to travel in 
from all over the country and Canada to compete here. That'll do uh, a lot to let people know about again. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so we're now making preparations for that. And you can't expect any more. You know, you have heartbreak, you have the tears and sometimes, but the kid, as long as they can go get their chicken <laughs> nuggets or ice cream or something <laughs> yeah, and that, at the Irish Cultural stuff. Center, yep. they're happy after that. <laughs> How do you, how would you answer that, John? What, uh, how is it to really express Irish culture in this way? What's the, the good news about that in terms? It's a fun way, you know, to do that and to preserve the culture. Yeah, I, I think it goes back. It, it gives these kids a great connection. And they're great sports anyway, even if there was no Irish connection there. They're, they're fantastic sports and pretty, and pretty complementary to other American U.S. sports. I mean, they, probably a handful of these kids will go ahead and play at an adult level. There's adult leagues in all of the big cities, San Francisco, Chicago, New York, big numbers here. So some, a handful of kids probably will go ahead, but for those who don't, it will hopefully it will be a great experience for them. And they'll know what it's about, and maybe they'll introduce it to their kids when that comes. And um, it's a great, again, complimentary to other sports they may pick up. I mean, so, Harlan, you know, lacrosse are very, very complimentary sports. That's the question I was thinking of. Did the renewed interest or the growing interest in soccer because some soccer skills are needed in uh, both of these games, it seems to me. Um, did that help get more interest in both Irish football and hurling? In football, is... certainly does. Mm. Most of our kids, I presume, are playing soccer, I yeah. would say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and remember, it wasn't long ago when nobody was playing soccer. Kids weren't playing soccer in, in the United States. So Absolutely. this is still kind of new. And I think you know. I would say a bunch of them are playing basketball. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the combination of the basketball skills and uh, hand-eye in basketball and soccer and that... Yeah. Absolutely. That is, that's... They coincide with each other, which yeah, is really great. Of, yeah. um, and you'd be surprised, a lot of hockey players, that's why we get a lot of a lot of oh, the kids right, interested in the hurling. Yeah. Across, um, yeah. You know, a lot of the kids especially have the skill set with the sticks from playing hockey, and then they, you know, transform some of them. They love the action of hitting the ball just like they would a puck, which is great. And they're, and they're used to your physicality. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's contact in hockey, so the, the, the yeah. contact in hurling doesn't... Doesn't phase them too much. Yeah. You know? Now you're going to think I'm a little bit nutty when I say this, but I think J.K. Rowling helped this too, because that game that she created, the, the Quidditch. Quidditch. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. remi- when I saw pictures of these games, it kind of reminded me a little bit. Don't you think, John? Uh, Come on, it's in the air. Well, there's the Quidditch is in that, the air. Yeah, I guess maybe. Yeah. It's a little ball. You got to have yeah. a stick. You yeah. got to be moving. It's fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's certainly, there's certainly yeah. a lacrosse connection to Quidditch, I would say. Right. right? So you have kids, yeah. you know, you're they're operating yeah. on many levels in terms right. of cultural interest. That was huge, still is huge with kids. And then I can see them looking over saying, well, this game looks like something akin to that. Yeah. You know. You never know where it's going to come from. Yeah, you don't. You know. What's interesting to me is there's some indication that American baseball, oddly, is now getting people in Ireland are interested in that game. So it's kind of a cross-cultural thing happening. Had you guys heard that? And are you aware? I think there's a few hockey teams. I think any place you have an expat community, people are going to do what they know, right? I think there's a couple of hockey teams. There is, yeah. There's one in Belfast anyway. I know that. Exactly, yeah. So does that. There is, I think, maybe a few uh, American football teams in the country. And I know football is a juggernaut, right? So a lot of people watch football in Ireland as well. You know, it's a big sport. It's a big sport. American football. American football. Oh, all right. Even though Irish football is most popular there. Of course, more popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. People are aware, you know. Right. There's like a million sports challenges now and people watch, you know. Well, something that's interesting to me that I read about hurling, at least, and is that here, when you think about NFL, and then maybe this is not a great, great comparison, the players are so huge, the personalities are so huge. But hurling, 
You are known by your number on the field, not your name. They called it the humility game because it's not built around the personalities of the players, but really about their skill and position. Would you agree with that, John? Even though I'm bragging about you I, this morning. I, yeah, you're it, not bragging, is, but yeah. I'm bragging. Yeah, you've no, you're, you're a no, your number is on your back. You, yeah. Your name isn't on your shirt. Yeah. So it's about the team, really, primarily. But then the other side of it, it's an amateur sport, uh, which, is a, which is a huge selling point for me. I and really, we should say that, that players don't get paid. Correct. Players don't get paid yeah. and that is really one of the beauties of apart from the games just the structure of the organisation it's an amateur sport players do not get paid which means you don't have transfer market or free agency Right. you play where you were born one club one life and that's it uh, so Glen Rover people, for you then well occasionally people <laughs> move away and they go to you know move for right. work and they move to another club so your club was Glen Rover. My club was Glen Rover. Just yeah, saying, yeah. one of the one of the, <laughs> one of the more famous clubs. Uh, now, because I was involved. Just, oh yes, it just, was. Come on, no, 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 not at all, not at all, not at all. Uh, it just it just it just so happens we had a lot of great, great, great players over the years, and but the amateur the amateur status of it is makes it really precious. Uh, just gives it a huge generational connection, many, many, many generations. People tie in. You uh, play for the same club. And then, of course, obviously, you're at a different level. You're supporting the same county. So there's, you don't kind of, you know, you guys aren't moving around. You play for one club this year and you play some other club next year. It's a loyalty thing. So it's the right, yeah, but it really binds the community together. Right. You put your jersey on and you're proud to wear that jersey for your your whole season. Uh, For people who are listening, wondering, well, how do these people eat? Uh, They are supported in the way that um, Irish Olympians are now. That took a while to get to that, but there is some um, financial support. Uh, from government for for these in you know, some of the players on these games. Some but, of the players, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's not it, but it's not mm-hmm. at all like you would imagine what's no. happening with the NFL. I just want to make that clear. So what's the future? As you've said, you're you're, you're watching um, lots of kids here joining and, and more interest. Um, will there be a time where in this country it might be as big as I'd say soccer? And that was not nowhere near kids uh, just, let's say, 20 years ago. Well, that's been the ultimate goal, um, to try and make it as popular as it is soccer and lacrosse um, with all the different cities within the United States. Um, we do have our struggles. Um, we do have to fundraise to you know, support these clubs and, you know, and get these kids to stay and give them games. So it, um, we are getting there. And I think it, it will develop into you know, more growth and more popularity. Um, but, you know, it's taken us time, and hopefully in the next 10 years, it will be much more popular in a lot of different cities that you may not expect it to be in. Um, we keep trying to promote as much as we can and get these kids to sign up. If you get them young, they'll stay with the program. That's the main ultimate goal. Agree, John? Yeah, one, mm-hmm. one thing, that I think we should give a shout-out to the Bruins for having a fundraiser oh. for us the other night. Yep. Wow, yeah. they oh. did, yeah. 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 Oh. Which, which was great. Uh, I would say the issue we're facing right now is to try and break out of the expat community or mm. the Irish American community and introduce this thing to, to kind of the broader society to people who don't would have no connection of no Irish background. Yeah, I'd love to get it more into schools with phys ed teachers and stuff. We've tried to tap into that, but we haven't really broke the mold yet. But we keep reaching out and trying to get a couple of people to do it, but then they move on. But to keep the continuity there and keep the consistency is the goal, too. All right. Well, it's, it's, it certainly sounds promising. Uh, it sounds Hope like you're so. on your way. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you uh, both for speaking with me. 
Thank you You're so welcome. much for having us today. We really, really appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Kevin. Ellen Joyce is the chairperson of the Irish Sports Youth League of Boston, and John Fitzgibbon is a hurling and Irish football coach, also a member of Glen Rover all his life. Don't get it twisted. So thank you both. <laughs> I appreciate your being here. Coming up, do you know how to pour a proper pint of Guinness? What's in an Irish breakfast? And which Irish soda bread is the real deal, sweet or savory? We talk Irish cuisine with two local experts. That's up next. This is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley. Callie Crossley.